Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are middle of the week, and it is great to have you with us here for Sabres Live on site in Plymouth, Michigan at USA Hockey Arena. Marty, I feel like I'm very, very, very <laughs> much just a tiny honorary part of the program today yeah. here for USA Hockey. And uh, it's great to have you along here for Sabres Live. You should be. I mean, this is where um, a lot of the Sabres background coaches and players, uh, they've all gone through the USA National Development Team program. So development program. So um, maybe just you being there is going to actually spark some conversation pieces in the locker room next year. You should take a lot of notes. I said. Uh, But it is a fantastic facility. Uh, A lot of players in that area actually go back to it just to work out in the summer and get ready because everything is there. Funny enough, you mentioned that because USA Hockey comes to Buffalo a lot. They're Mm -hmm. actually in Buffalo right now for their summer festival, like the U15, U16, U18, whatever. They're at Northtown Center. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know a lot of people that are in Buffalo. But those that make the program out of those festivals that happen in Buffalo all go to Plymouth, Michigan. They mm-hmm. all part of the program. They live there. Uh, they develop there. And it's it's a great, um, you know, a great program in a great area. Yeah. I mean, forever it was Ann Arbor. And then, uh, you know, yep. the rink was built here in Plymouth. It's a, you know, twin rink. I'm sitting smartly in between the two in the warmth of the, uh, <laughs> of the uh, you know, kind of waiting area, the viewing area, if you will, between the two facilities. And, uh, and of course, over my right shoulder is one of the most famous lines ever crafted um, by a hockey person, let alone a legendary coach, both at the collegiate, the NHL and international level. And that's Badger Bob Johnson. And, you know, I, I remember this quote vividly. Yeah. From my childhood, probably, you know, mid eighties ish would be the first time I heard it. And to sit here with that written on the wall behind me, it's a great day for hockey. It kind of ties in with something you and I and our audience and all of us, we interact in, you know, we talk about music all the time. It's kind of why I'm on this road trip, right? Yes. Sometimes the most beautiful lyric is born out of the simplicity of it, right? Like don't overcomplicate things. And how, how much simpler could it get when you're sitting in an arena showing up for work or play or whatever? It's a great day for hockey. 
Like, I love that. It'll never not be one of the best things ever said by any leader within the game. Now, if you don't know Badger Bob, uh, please do your research because he has been so influential to a lot of hockey programs. And I remember, Duffer, going into the Mellon Arena, the old igloo in Pittsburgh, and looking at all the the numbers and the names that are retired at the top banner. And I remember stupidly one year saying, who's this Badger Bob guy? And they're like, you don't know who Badger Bob Johnson is. And they... Like the guys on the team absolutely ripped me a new one. <laughs> and and there is uh, so I did my research, right? And and so he was coaching the floor the Pittsburgh Penguins mm-hmm. in the late 80s, early 90s, when unfortunately he got sick and passed away. That's when Scotty Bowman came in, right? In mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. That's why yeah. Scotty Bowman got to Pittsburgh coaching Jagger oh. and Lemieux and all that, those great teams of the early 90s. Bob but won that was, the first cup with them. Bob won the first cup and then Scotty won the second. But that Bob Badger Bob put the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, they had great players, but mm-hmm. he put them right as the winning team, right where they needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he brought that culture and the work ethic and and all of that. So it's a great day for hockey. It's a really wonderful sand, but it comes with one that I remember seeing every day in the locker room in New York with the Rangers. And, um, and it, look, it was later in my career, but mm-hmm. I remember it was written in bold right across as you went onto the ice. It says, it used to say, everybody wants to win, but not everybody is willing to prepare to win. Mm-hmm. And that's when you would go onto the I practice ice or into the gym. You saw it every time because you play a sport. Everybody wants to win. You don't play a, a sport to lose, right? Like it's the, uh, uh, it's the, the, I think it's Martina Navratilova that said, like, uh, you know, you got to be happy with a silver medal or whatever. And she goes, no way. Like, you want to win. Nobody's happy with a second place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you want to win. So, but not everybody's willing to put in the work. And it's funny because right now, summertime is when you put in the most work mm-hmm. to achieve success the year after. And that always stuck with me because that was maybe one thing that I lacked of a little bit is that you know, preparation, mm-hmm. um, not in games, not even in season, maybe more in the off season. So mm-hmm. I remember getting to New York and reading that line and thinking, wow, okay, I got to put a lot more work than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so those saying by great people are always, uh, you know, nice to see. I think what's, you know, a, a harsh reminder is that how, how long it's been since, you know, these words were uttered and, and how short a time we actually had with, uh, with Bob Johnson. He was only 60 when he passed away in 1991. And that was after winning the Stanley Cup and literally months after. And then, you know, this was, he had also taken Calgary to the cup final in 1986. Um, but was only a head coach in the NHL for parts of six seasons. So, you know, the, the resume expanded far beyond the NHL. And I think that's, again, kind of the purpose of, of why we're talking about it right now. Like we're, I'm sitting here in a development rink in Plymouth, Michigan, and those words are over the shoulder and both rinks are, you know, and not to mention the training facility, which yes, uh, did uh, brush shoulders with a few uh, NHL NHL players that uh, were training here today. Uh, obviously, Amherst coach Seth Appert was uh, was good enough to yes. you know guide me in here and get me all set up. But um, 
I will say this. I'm surprised that he didn't hire you as an assistant coach. You guys have gotten pretty tight over the last few years. <laughs> like, I'm surprised there wasn't a, a role as a uh, um, an anal- analytics department heads or something, uh, research video, something. Like, you probably you were on his You need a college degree for that, which I will <laughs> unlikely uh, never hold. You don't uh, need. You have yeah. earned a degree in hockey expertise over the last few years that I feel like a lot of uh, coaching staff would uh, would appreciate. Okay, I'm not going to drop names because I want to protect the innocent. But in this case, it's not really innocence that I'm protecting. But I don't want to give away the NHL names. Okay. But I will say this. To no one's surprise, one of the first things that this NHL player said to Seth this morning when we walked into the gym, how's Donnie G? Oh, he's, man. He's the best. Yeah, and like that's unprompted, right? Like, it, it, and it's just that, which again, like this is Badger Bob, right? Like this, this kind of positivity that certain individuals bring, and I mean this, this was a well, well, well established NHLer. Now there were a lot of young, up and coming NHLers that are also training here, but like this is the beauty of all this stuff. Like we can. We can throw it out there and people can choose not to believe it. <laughs> but when you actually see it in person in the gym and second week of July, it's unprompted and it's real. It's real. It's definitely real. And I think I remember, <laughs> again, for the good and the bad, right? I did a French radio interview a couple of days ago and they asked me about Alain Vigneault's hockey retirement from coaching. And I said, well, you know what? Alain Vigneault and I didn't see eye to eye. Now, he was a great guy, and I loved him off the ice. And when mm-hmm. I didn't play for him, he was great. But we, I had him in juniors, and I had him in, in New York with the Rangers, and I retired. I, we didn't see eye to eye. We did not have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. But I can still tell you who my junior coach was for a year and a half before that. His name was Joe Canale. And if I yeah. saw Joe right now, he coached the World Juniors Team Canada team for a few years, and he was a very successful junior coach. If I saw him right now, I'd give him a big hug. He used to come to Montreal when I played with the Sabres and come to the games, come down to the garage after, see me, talk to me. Like James Patrick to Dylan Cousins and Matt Savoy and Zach Benson or whatever. No, Dylan Cousins. Not Dylan. Uh, Peyton Krebs, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, James Patrick. Like those people influence you in the right way. And Mm -hmm. Don Granado was part of the programs with young players for a while that he influenced them in the right way that they will remember him for a long time. So it's great that that NHL player recognized that and said and called him Donnie G. He probably yeah, could have like, said Donnie Meatballs, but Donnie G is good enough for me. <laughs> no, I think you have to, I don't know. I think you have to spend time in Buffalo to be able to phrase that. You know, Yes. I, I feel don't, like it's I, gone I, away I a little bit. The Donnie yeah, Meatballs movement has gone away. Yeah, I don't think it preceded uh, Don before Buffalo. I could be wrong on that. But, no, I did uh, not. So, ironically, if that's the right word, guess what the only NHL signing is that we're talking about today? DeAndre Miller? Na- National Team Program Development graduate, DeAndre <laughs> yes. Miller. You know what I mean? Like this. So, you're never that far removed from it. And, you know, what do you make of his deal? Before we get back into some storytelling, because I do want to weave this all together here. Yes. Just from a philosophical standpoint of like how best to use your time in the summer months when it comes to hockey training and, and all the rest of it. But Miller, we ended yesterday's show, and I again apologize for, you know, knocking you <laughs> off your seat 
I, I knew there wasn't enough time to have done it properly. But anyway, fact of the matter is our Sabres fan base is looking forward to the next contracts for Rasmus yes. Dahlin and Owen Power. Now, Dahlin took the bridge. He's got one year left on the bridge, <laughs> and he will then get paid like one of the top defensemen in the league. Power yes. has but one year in the NHL. We presume that... Actually, I don't want to say it. Let me ask you. Do the Sabres, in fact, would they be okay with a bridge for power? And are you surprised that the Miller bridge with the Rangers is only two years as opposed to a sometimes common, more common, three-year bridge? Well, Darlene was a three-year bridge, right, at $6 million. And look, Darlene um, was the number one overall pick. Andre Miller is not. Um, and Darlene, Nobody is a first-rounder. He is a first-rounder. Yeah. Darlene had, had better offensive numbers, and obviously that is something that you look at. Um, so the two-year deal with Keandre Miller, to me, is I, I can totally understand why. The Rangers are tight against the cap. They have just over $2 million now with that deal signed mm -hmm. uh, to basically allocate it for Alexis Lafreniere. I don't know if Lafreniere is going to be able to get more than that. Look, there may be... You know, they may go in with 21 or 22 players on the roster to start the season, not 23 just for that. But yeah. Alexis Lafreniere needs a new contract. And so Keandre Miller, being that it's a two-year deal, probably was able to get, the Rangers were able to get him at a lower price, knowing that he will go up from that in two years down the road. He's only 23 years old, right? So uh, for me, Keandre Miller at 23, like you get another deal at 25 and then maybe it's a seven or eight year deal at 25. You're going to hit the jackpot. So the Rangers not giving him three years lowered his AAV probably, in my opinion, knowing mm -hmm. that he'll cash in in a couple of years. Uh, and two, I feel that they're going to continue to evaluate because when you look at the Rangers blue line right now, obviously they have Adam Fox. Obviously they have Jacob Truba. And now they have Keandre Miller signed. But in a year from now, they're going to have to sign Ryan Lindgren. They're going to have to sign Braden Schneider. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be a couple of guys that are going to come up for contracts that will make good money. So you are you have the flexibility here with being a two-year deal yeah. that if you have to move somebody, and if it's Keandre Miller, a team will say, oh, well, sign and trade type of situation, right? Yeah. Like we can, Do you like, we do can you like the player? Oh, I love the player. Absolutely I do too. love Keandre Miller. I think, I think his growth has been oh, really impressive. And a couple of years. His of growth, not only his growth, his size is impressive. And yeah. the way that he plays is impressive. So that's the part. I think it's that. Honestly, I think it's the way he plays. And and this is sometimes hard to break away from old school, right? Like, so yes. park, the, park the tough moments. Every single player has tough moments. But embrace the really, really good moments that he has, right? He's a game, he's a game changer the way he skates and 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 dictates a little bit of the tempo. So I, I now, love he's that a one. game changer the way he skates. I feel like he's an extremely smart hockey player. And look, mm -hmm. it's hard when you don't watch 82 games of a team and see every minute of a team to yeah. to judge the hockey sense. But I watch him like especially when they're in Buffalo and we're in the building duffer and I can see him behind the play. Like how does he navigate up the ice? How does he jump and how does he prepare when a weak side rim is coming to be able to pinch, right? I, I feel he's really, really smart. That I like. Like, that's the first thing I look for. Hockey sense, hockey IQ. I like Keandre Miller in that department. But there's not a lot of players at that size that, that have developed that because 
when you're in juniors or you're at the program, like you're bigger and stronger than everybody else. So you don't need hockey sense to, to elevate your game. You just need pure strength and speed and that's it. And yeah. that's the problem with a lot of players that have the God gifted skating ability or shooting ability or talent that they don't develop other part of their game when they do well, they become elite. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you have Erasmus Darlene and he has all the physical abilities and the hockey sense, it's elite. Right. And Owen powers like that too. It's elite. Keandre Miller, in my opinion, is elite. Like that's what you get from those players. What do you think the coaching change does in New York? You know, especially for young players like a, like a Miller and the development there. I think the way Peter Laviolette has always played a uh, coach and, and I go back to his time with Nashville and I go back to his time with Washington, look at what Dmitry Orlov turned out to be in Washington, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, he allows his defenseman to do a lot. Mm -hmm. um, funny enough, Phil Housley is now on the Rangers staff. Let's go back to pre-Ralph Burger, Phil Housley, Nashville, yeah. Yeah. but also here in Buffalo. Like Rasmus Dallin came into the league, mm -hmm. Phil Housley is his head coach, and it's like, go, join the offense. Go, we want more of that. Roman mm -hmm. Yossi, right, in, in Nashville. Like, I among like the many others, like the, you know. Among the, the many is, others, yes. Yeah, yeah, Preds have had a good run there. They had a good run. So I feel that the coaching staff in, in New York is going to allow for Truba, Fox, Keandre Miller, and those guys to really, really turn it up another notch. So Keandre Miller and the Rangers are the first opponent for the Sabres this year. It happens oh, on yeah. October 12th, and it just so happens that half-season plans are available now. 22-game plans. Choose between the Royal and Gold plan. Become a half-season member and receive access to exclusive events, savings on box office prices, the Sabres store, and more. Visit sabres.com slash memberships to learn more. So in the bigger picture then, we, as we you know view a nice deal for the Rangers and for Miller at 3.9, basically, times two years. Yeah. Um, and we've gone through, for the most part, the window of teams having their development camps right out of the draft. Philosophy on how much time, because you have a kid in this wheelhouse as well, um, how much time should young players be spending on the ice? Now, it's different when you are ascending in your career as opposed to when you're in your NHL or pro window and there, there's quite often off-season surgeries, maintenance time, and then a ramp up. But do you have like a sit back on the couch and back deck in the summertime and go, you know, I think guys spend, gals spend too much time on the ice in the summer. 100%. 100% yeah. of that conversation. Okay. Uh, but there's an age, there's an age difference. You know, I feel that, and I will use high school. I feel that while kids are in high school, boys and girls are in high school, they should do high school sports, different sports. They yes. should be doing soccer and lacrosse and maybe it's cross country or track or volleyball or whatever, like in, develop that way and enjoy this. Right. But once you're through high school and you're playing prep school hockey, maybe, or you're going to junior clubs, that's when the development and the training should be geared towards one. Mm -hmm. So I think around 16 and 17 is where the separation starts happening. But I do believe that you still have to make time for other sports to help developing you. But I don't and can't accept any parents that come to me and say, oh, my kids is in five 
summer tournaments and does hockey, hockey, hockey 12 months a year. And the mm-hmm. kid's 12 or the kid's 13. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, no, no, that should not happen. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of time to continue to develop your skills while playing other sports. You want to do a clinic in the summer. You want to be on the ice twice a week in the summer. Fine. But it shouldn't be five days a week plus weekend tournaments for six straight weeks. It's too much. It's too much. And and I've seen it firsthand, the effect that it's done on young young athletes mm-hmm. that really get to the end and they're like i'm burned out i'm burned out like i did not get to develop in the way i needed to physically and mentally and i'm done with it and then the parents are becoming distraught like oh my kid quit hockey he's because of all the money they spent and, yeah, yeah. yeah he was playing triple a hockey and i traveled around the world and they quit hockey and they don't want to play anymore they don't want to train in the summer they don't I'm like yeah. because they're burnt out. Their bodies and their minds are burnt out. Yeah, but yeah. I saw it. I, I see it with my daughters too. Not only my daughters in, um, because they do a, a equestrian, they ride horses, right? But my one daughter's like, I want to play volleyball in, in school, modified in middle school. Oh, good. Go for it. She tried out for the basketball team. She didn't make it, mm-hmm. uh, but she never played basketball together. And she was only a seventh grader. They took all eight graders. But I'm like, next year? Do basketball if you want to, you know, do tennis, do something like develop in that way. Now, my 17 year old daughter, who's got a year and a half left to compete at that level, she's all in. She's all horseback riding right now. And she graduated a year early from high school because she wanted to be all in. But you know what? Like she developed doing other things. And that's important. It is. Now, do you see a world where we ever um, get like NHL players doing things um, more publicly and actively over the course of the summer? This is my long-winded way of saying, can you imagine if we went back to the era of NHLPA having like a a softball team, softball team, traveling softball team. Honestly, like talk about like, okay, here we are sitting. Should the NHL have a development league like the NBA and have it on TV in the summer? How about just the reality of guys wanting to step away from hockey, but doing good in the community and having a blast and absolutely raising, like keeping your star power, which is marketing active over the course of the summer. I'm telling you, man, like these, this would be awesome if they did it, if and reverted back to like the 70s era. And also because there was a difference when those players grew up, right? I remember going to see the Quebec Nordiques traveling softball team and they were good. And it was Michel Goulet and Real Cloutier and Mario Gosselin. And it was those guys, they were good. Yeah. Everybody yeah. played. Peter Stastny was on it yeah. and he didn't play any softball growing up, but he tried. Like it was, it was fun. It was good. But check baseball. I know there was no check baseball, um, but I don't know if you've seen the documentary on TSN about the toughest softball team to ever. Oh yeah. Play. You were telling me all about the it, Kelly yeah. chase and yeah, yeah. Bob Probert and those guys in Saskatchewan. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. They, Ties in it, with our Nathan Pace interview from Leroy Saskatchewan. And, and exactly. Like, that's what played, I mean. It is, played softball, right. It's, it's a, it's a battleground for baseball and softball. No question. But I, I don't think we're going to see NHL players say um look i'm maybe golf we see like guys taking part in charity or celebrity golf tournament like joe pavalski Mm -hmm. is at the tao golf tournament and why not mix in some softball tj oshi is in there too 
I, first of all, I think that the money is so high that you can always get hurt. And if you got hurt playing softball, you wouldn't be getting your money. And there's, look, there's a lot of complication there. But I can tell you this, look, Dominic Moore does a ping pong charity event in right. Toronto. And there's a lot of players that show up and they are good at ping pong. Why? Because a lot of them play tennis. Mm. I was in Banff, Alberta for the Rangers training camp the one year. And I remember seeing Henrik Lundqvist and Dominic Moore go toe-to-toe in tennis. It was like watching Wimbledon right now. They were like hitting it hard. They were No risk of injury, though. Well, it's not. Yes, there is, but not the same. That's Um, not true. It's 100% the same. You're right. Anybody can get hurt at any moment. You can get hurt swinging a golf club. But What's actually prompted me to prompt you with this question is I think we see more on social media right now of players doing off-season activities. Could be wakeboarding, could be water skiing, could be this, could be that, could be. And all it takes me back to is like probably early 2000s. Remember when Vladimir Malikov infamously went skating or skiing, pardon me, at Mount Tromblon on the All-Star break? Bunny Hill. And and blew out his knee. And it was like. No, he actually, he was, he had knee surgery, Duffer, and he was still rehabbing. And then during the All-Star break, he did the Bunny Hill with his kids. And there was a picture of him. He wasn't even on the ice yet. And he was. Right, right, right. So they all went crazy about it. (laughs) But I get what you're saying, right? And that's. Like, I think they're putting themselves out there. I think players yes. want to increase their brand for a lack of a better term, because I think that's, you know, it's really. I'd love to see like a, a pickleball, like yes. Dallin and Bauer joining a, an event, right? Like, yes. because it's so hot. But um, yeah, I, I believe that not that it will become like prime example, my son, who's going to go to West Point in a, in a year from now, mm-hmm. he's like, Maybe I should see if I can walk onto the baseball team because he played baseball to a high level. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think they'll allow this, right? And but but his mind was thinking, I played baseball and I even played last summer, yeah. right? He's like, maybe I could walk onto the baseball team and just be a sub, just like for the experience and keep me in shape that way. I'm like, yeah. Well, maybe next year you can bring it up, but. I, we don't see two sports athletes anymore. We don't see three sports athletes anymore. We don't see Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. We see tons of baseball players that are like, oh, I played football or football players that played baseball. But at some point, they had to make a decision. It's so different. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I would go with lacrosse. But uh, oh. it, 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 the the problem now is like if you were, you know, it, it's having grown up watching the best lacrosse players in the summertime. That was where my mind worked, you know, then it was like, oh, they could, you know, play quote unquote amateur in the summer and then go back to the NHL in the fall. Imagine, now, of course, like now, of course, the, like well, the play, the, the hockey player, yeah, there's, there's, there's so the, many. The, the, the nephew, he used to tell me in Long Island, he would have played lacrosse that he loved lacrosse so much that he loved it more than hockey. Mm-hmm. If lacrosse was the same like career path <laughs> that hockey was, he would have picked lacrosse. Yeah. No, it's it's a long, long, long list. I don't know. I I do think that maybe somewhere down the road we're going to see a little bit more visible team or player association, uh, you know, type off season stuff. That, that again, I think from a standpoint of growing uh, the game and and just staying engaged with people uh, throughout the off season, it, it could be an awful lot of fun. And of course. That's kind of what we do every year in the ramp up to the hockey season, right? Yes. Like we we go through the draft and then development camp, and then this year hockey fest is going to be part of the uh, 
street hockey festival that you don't want to miss, which is taking place during Sabres Fan Fest on September 16th. This has become now this this whole Fan Fest idea has just been such a wonderful. It's right in, you know, you're, you go this and prospects challenge and training camp and exhibition games. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're at October 12th and you're into the regular season. So Sabres Fan Fest, September 16th, and you can get your team together for Hockey Fest, open to all skill levels and ages, youth to adult. Visit sabres.com slash hockey fest to register your team today. We're back after this with more, uh, shall we quotes? say, hockey quotes, words of wisdom, encouragement within the game, all part of our off-season development here on Sabres Live, WGR Sports Radio 550 and MSG. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.